Welcome to The Brand Called You. Today, the brand we are talking to is Sonam Srivastava. She's the founder and CEO of Right Research, a robo-advisor which has created data-driven portfolios and is much appreciated by millennial investors. Welcome to the show, Sonam. Thank you, Sandeep. Thank you for having me here. So let's uh, learn more about Right Research. Tell us what does it do and um, what is it that you're doing that's attractive to 30,000 investors that you have accumulated? Yes, yes. Uh, so Right Research is uh, you know something I started around three years ago. Uh, to, so to give you a background about me, I've been you know working in the quantitative investing, quantitative research industry for a very very long time, and uh, and in the last few years, a couple of jobs that I sort of worked on, they closed on unexpectedly, right? So at that point in time, I thought that I want to pursue this. Quant is something that I saw that people in India were not taking very seriously. And I had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I believed in it quite a lot. So I thought I'll pursue it on my own. I'll take it out to people. I'll take it, uh, you know, try to do something out of it. And... Uh, Interestingly for me, you know, I did not have the business sense of doing it for retail or doing it in a B2C fashion, you know, going out there, putting yourself out there and, you know, speaking to people. But uh, interestingly, you know, I got a lot of good response and, you know, that really worked out for me and I really, you know, got hooked to that, getting that feedback from people, what they like. And we've had a good journey. We, uh, we've done quite well into the market, right, in the last three years which has helped us quite a lot. And we've tried to, you know, create value for people through what we are doing and create a very, you know, something that people can trust for the long term. That is what we're trying to achieve. So uh, the focus is on building quant-based investment portfolios and primarily for retail investors. Is that how you would describe the space that you are focused on? Yes, so see, we are creating these investment products, which again, you know, uh, quant or no quant, we want them to be backed by research and something that we trust to go out to the people, right? Something that I can oh, be okay. sure of. So, so the like, method could be quantitative or uh, fundamental research or your view base, but the idea is something that you believe yes. in and invest. So, yeah. so it's it's yeah. a so general investment advisory for them. Yeah, I mean, but but we really like quant. We quant sort of works for us, so we do primarily quant only. And mm -hmm. uh, the idea is to sort of empower people into you know doing better investments to what we are doing. And uh, and we, we don't just do retail. We have been trying to do institutional for some time, and we might try to do that uh, more okay. going forward in the future. Okay. So uh, yeah. where you are obviously doesn't limit you to where you are going. The idea is to build mm. quant and uh, other methods, but primarily quant. And even though you've started mm. with retail, to do retail and institution. Yeah. Um, okay. How do you see, you know, we've just come off a long bull market in India uh, where yeah. the market was going up 25% a year. Everybody was looking like a hero because everybody had fantastic returns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you see the investment space changing uh, over next year, two years? And how do you see people um, 
changing their expectations of what they are going to get from investments in the markets over next year or two. Yes, so I think uh, people are spoiled for, you know, what they've been getting from the market, right? Everybody sort of, and, you know, especially that uh, we work with uh, retail audiences and a lot of them are new investors. So we see that gap in expectation. You know, everybody is expecting that, you know, every month I'm going to get like a 10% return. And if you're not giving me that, then you're doing something wrong, which is very, very strange. And we have to sort of manage expectations and, you know, bring out the actual value of long-term investing to people instead of, you know, these short span of time where you can get big returns, right? Mm -hmm. In the long-term, you know, putting your money into a strategy that can compound at a higher rate in the market can give you a good differentiation in the long term, right? And that is the message we want to send out. Uh, obviously, uh, for our approach, right, the approach that I follow, right, uh, we have been doing a lot of momentum, you know, taking advantage of the trend for the last couple of years, you know, because sure. that, that has worked, right? Mm -hmm. but, uh, but the core of our approach has always been like a multi-factor approach. We want to explore different factors in the market, explore a number of sources of alpha, sources of exceptional returns and, you know, tactically allocate to them. So I'm excited about whatever market sort of comes because, you know, for me as a researcher, I get to explore more and find out what works. And uh, yeah, but, but we have to also make sure that our audience appreciate what we're doing and they see the value of what we're doing. And what is really, really encouraging is that a lot of people do that, and a lot of people they sort of understand, uh, you know, the effort that's being put in. And I uh, see. So, uh, how, how do you do that? How do you educate your investors or connect with them? Do you spend a lot of time uh, on social media platforms? Do you do seminars? What's your method for connecting, or do you use distributors for reaching out to investors? Uh, so, we actually do all of these things, right? <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. So we like we do spend time on social media, uh, and I have prioritized social media quite a lot in the past few months. I was part of the LinkedIn Creator Program, right, mm -hmm. where I learned actually put in time to understand you know what would work and what won't work. And mm -hmm. uh, similarly on on other platforms also like something else from for Instagram or Twitter is you know a whole other thing. But if you are able to capitalize those algorithms, then you know you actually can create a huge impact, right? So, so that is a thought process that we have. And, uh, and you know, social media is one aspect of it. Apart from it, you know, you, we, do, we do have a lot of distribution tie-up. We talk to brokers. Uh, we, uh, small case is a huge, um, you know, help for us in the distribution cycle. We try to, re, you know, talk to the media. And, uh, and, and, you know, my team, the whole idea behind communicating with anybody you know, using technology or, you know, through direct contact is that we want to be, put our best foot forward, you know, anybody who comes in, we want to treat them in the best possible way and sort of empower them. And uh, yeah, that's what we've been trying to do. And we see a good response when you try to do that to people. Right? I see. And uh, the, the spectrum today, uh, I don't know if you have any profile of uh, the, the investors who work with you, mm. would you say they are mostly millennials, young people, less than 30, 30 to 40, 50 plus? What age group uh, kind of buys into or invests through these quant methods, through these online platforms? Who are the people who right. get attracted to that? 
yeah so we actually you know we are in the process of sort of redesigning our brand identity and all that with right research so we actually did like a user survey and we did a lot of exploratory research and we found out that you know the majority of people are in the age range of 25 to let's say 40 right uh, and uh, and i think there are three types of investors one one type is people who you know who don't know anything you are just very very new and who just come in right they don't understand anything second type is people you know who sort of have experimented tried a few things uh, you know they might be good at it they might be bad at it but they don't have time to you know devote to investing with their full time job right that's the second bucket and third bucket is people who are you know actual good experts who know the market and they like the product and you know they are coming to us right and i think the majority is in the second group which is people who have a little bit of idea and you know who need who are coming to an advisor for expert guidance uh that's probably the vast majority of uh investors yeah. maybe not the majority of people uh, the majority of people might be in bucket 1 but majority of investors are probably in bucket 2 as you described that's interesting yeah. but 25 to 40 so relatively younger but not that young these are not the people who are necessarily yeah. flocking to uh, i don't know uh, zuki and somato and uh, ordering in all the time a uh, little bit older possibly than uh, uh, than your uh, e-commerce uh, base um what do you think of algo trading ah algo trading is something that you know i really like and you know something that i've done for a long period in my life uh, but you are, started... you are familiar there has been a lot of controversy a lot of articles get written saying it's it's a dangerous thing it's a it's maybe unfair thing um, even uh, sebi chairman recently came out and uh, had some statement about algorithmic trading and saying they're not sure if it's adding value to the investors um and and it was more in the context of people advertise maybe sometimes and say they are going to produce mm. tremendous results and they are not able to do that yeah. but what, what yeah. is your view uh, what role does algo trading have to play in for the for the investors how does it fit into uh, a, a investors toolkit uh so i think algo trading you know uh, i think there's nothing wrong with algo trading it is something that makes the market uh, liquid it adds a lot of value into the market right uh, uh, it uh, reduces whatever inefficiencies there are in the market and you know creates opportunity so obviously you know algo trading is a great thing and you know markets everywhere have evolved as algos have come in right and you know india shouldn't stay behind and i think india is also adapting right a lot of trading now on the exchanges happens through algos but yes i i understand the point where you know algo trading is used like a buzzword and you know anybody comes and claims that i am doing algo trading i am giving you this much return and you know and they end up doing something stupid and something you know that uh, leads to losses and things like that and this so liability of it they don't uh, i mean a lot of people actually don't even use their real names and things like that that's happening you know that is i think that's not wow. correct right and that's almost sounds like <laughs> yeah you know what people would do on uh, on other anonymous social media that's interesting um is there one habit of investors that you see or one um, i guess belief of investors that you see 
that you would like to change mm. to make them a better investor? So I would, uh, I mean, given the time that we are in, right, I, I really appreciate when people have a long-term sort of belief in the market, right, when they mm. understand that, you know, any volatility, any amount of fear and any amount of greed is just part of the process. It's always been there, right? But if you look at the market in the long term, it is that is when it will give you a good return. So instead of, you know, panicking about any short-term uh, short term events, you should think about it in the long term. And, you know, like we talk about factors, right? we talk about, uh, we explain what to expect, right? And, uh, you know, when, if you are able to understand what, uh, you know, what you are investing into and you see that happen, then I don't, uh, you know, when, when we see that there's a short-term correction in any particular strategy, then I'm able to say, okay, you know, this happened, but, you know, we have deallocated and it, it is expected to go here. Like once the market recovers, this will recover fast or you know, this will happen. So, you know, we are able to understand it. And if you sort of believe uh, the power of long-term investing, I think that is when, you know, it gives you the real returns, you know, short-term experimentations yeah. and all that. So don't be short-sighted. Not That's serving. your uh, one change yeah. that you'd like to see. Okay, very interesting. Well, uh, we're going to move to your personal uh, journey now. Tell us, where were you born? What was your childhood uh, like? And what kind of influences did you have that have shaped you into um, a fintech founder and CEO uh, that you have become? Yes, so I, I have grown up in Uttar Pradesh in India all my life. I was born here and... Uh, I did a majority of my studies. No, not at old enough. No, I studied in Varanasi. Right? I did majority uh -huh. of my studies. My, my father is actually an electrical engineer in the UP Power Corporation. Mm -hmm. So he has had a transferable job all over the state, right? So just stayed at a bunch of places in Uttar Pradesh. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, uh, I mean, I have always been like that math nerd who loved doing math and I always wanted to be like my father and become an electrical engineer and that didn't happen. I, you know, once I went into college, I did exploration, I got into chemical engineering and I found out you know, uh, that I didn't like that. I, I liked computer algorithms and I sort of pivoted to doing algos in chemical engineering for some time. After passing out, I adapted to uh, you know, doing this for other industries and financial set finally settled on, you know, quant finance. So that has been my journey. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, not just that, uh, you know, growing up, I had some amazing schools that I went to. So I also, you know, I'm very passionate about writing and literature and things like that. And other aspects of the thing, I think that helps me do what I do right now, you know, work on content, work on a bunch of other things as well, right? I so see. The yeah. combination of math skills and uh, writing skills uh, has shaped your journey. Do you remember a particular advice that shaped you at some point uh, that had made a big difference in the path you took? Uh, somebody said something to you or somebody inspired you in doing something? Uh, I think... Uh... I think I had like, uh, I went through a, a phase in my life where I didn't know what to do. I was, I was good at studies. So I was sort of pursuing going into a nanotechnology lab and all because you know that is what a chemical engineering engineer used to do from an IIT. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something that happened where, you know, I did not get, go there. And at that point, I thought, okay, let's take a step back and think about what I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And at, mm-hmm. at that point, I realized that I like math. So let me focus on numerical methods. And uh, uh, and I think somewhere around my third year in college, I really discovered that that's what I like. I'm very, very good at it. And I sort of pursued doing that. And that is sort of... But that was you your know, decision. Taken did form. somebody influence you or... Somebody gave you that advice, or how did that come about? I mean, I think I've had a lot of influences in my life, very positive influences all throughout my life. I've had a opportunity to work with some amazing people uh, throughout my career. Uh, I've, uh, I mean, I used to work at Edelweiss doing advocating for a long time, and then I switched to HSBC, and I was, you know, not very confident, and my boss out there in HSBC was a huge influence on me who sort of encouraged me to experiment with a lot of things and take control of a bunch of strategies. I think that was a very big influence that I had in my life. Okay. Fantastic. Um, We all learn from our life, both successes and failures. Sometimes failure is a very interesting teacher. What was your most significant failure and what did it teach you? So I've had like a bunch of failures and I don't talk about that very often. Uh, I mean, uh, so when I passed out from college, it was right after 2008, right? And there were no jobs in the market. Right? We, were, we gave our placement in 2009 and there were no jobs in the market. And uh, no chemical company was, you know, that I wanted to go to was coming or, you know, taking people. So I joined uh, a job at Reliance, which was a refinery job. and. Uh, and then I sort of understood I was not good at it. I saw I had to go through that journey where I, you know, I left the company. I joined a tech company for some time. And then I realized that, okay, I don't want to do tech. I want to work on data and algos and switch. And I found quant finance. So that was a whole journey which had a, a whole lot of struggle in that whole process. Uh, so I went through all that. Uh, even recently, you know, when, when I was HSBC, I was, we were doing a lot of interesting work and uh, then something changed in the management and uh, my team itself was shut down, mm-hmm. right? And that was like one fine day where we were you know, working and the next day, you know, the team does not exist. So, which was like mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and then I joined uh, Qplum. That's, that's where, the again, for you, know, sometimes it happens. happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so things like that have happened, but uh, you know, you have to learn to recover from that. And yeah, so you build some uh, ability to roll with the punches. That's good. Okay, um, how do you invest your personal savings? Yeah, I invest in all of my strategies. I and you know they've been okay. working quite well, right? I think I was my first investor and. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I think how well it worked on my money sort of gave me the confidence to take it out to investors. And I put yes. everything in. That's good. Well, focusing on your own uh, uh, products is, is a sure uh, sign of confidence. So that's great. I'm sure your investors would love to hear that. Um, the next section, uh, Sona was talking about some quick questions. This one, you don't need to think. Whatever comes to your mind, just blurt out. Hmm. Who is the best investor ever? Uh, 
I think the AQR founder, Clifford Ashton Sai, really aspired to what he's okay. done. Who is um, your uh, role model uh, that you would like to build your business or your life around? My role model? Um, I think a bunch of people who've done very interesting uh, throughout their journey. We have a few examples in India about, you know, a lot of people who've done amazingly well, like Saurabh Mukherjee recently, right? And you have so many examples out there in the global market. Yeah, so, so those are people I sort of look up to and kind of journey. I see. Okay, great. Um, if there, uh, what was the latest book that you read and um, what did you enjoy about it? Uh, the latest book that I read, I right now I'm reading uh, Blink uh, by uh, Malcolm Blink, and I recently read uh, this book called uh, Hooked, which is on product management, right? And how to ah. build products. That, okay, yeah. very interesting. If you find yourself with a free afternoon, how do you spend it? I never find a free afternoon recently, you know, lately because. It's been uh, being a founder. It has been very crazy. Nonstop. But so uh, yeah, I like to. But you, let's yeah. say you had a conference like, yeah, that I... was scheduled and uh, got cancelled or something happened, and you now find yourself with nothing on your calendar. What would you do? Ah, I would like to read a book. I would like to go to a coffee shop, have good coffee, <laughs> hang out with some of my friends, and that's what I'd like okay. to. do. All right, great. Um, what is a better vacation? Um, New York City or Paris or a beach, remote beach in Andaman Nicobar? Uh, I am a little bit biased towards beaches, but I won't mind going to New York or Paris, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so both. Now you got to pick one. Ah. Uh. I think I am a little biased towards teaching. Okay. So, final question. What is brand Sonam Srivastav in your own word? What do you stand for? I think, uh, you know, the brand that, uh, you know, that I put out to people, right? Through the various activities I do, I think uh, it has been built through the feedback that I sort of received with, uh, from the people that I have interacted with and uh, you know my throughout what I do the idea is to sort of create value for people and you know bring something good empower them with whatever I'm doing so I think you know that is what I sort of try to do uh, with whatever so you react to the feedback or what what is your core belief what do you what do you think when people look at at you what do you wish they see I How wish that they, uh, I wish, I really wish that they sort of trust me and trust what I'm saying. They trust that, you know, I put in the effort when I, you know, bring something out to them. And and, so, and a lot of people, they don't do it, right? When you're new, when you are something, they, they, somebody who they have seen for the first time, uh, they have, a, they take time to sort of uh, believe you. And what I would like for them to do is, you know, trust what I've been doing more and sort of. Okay. 
All right. Well, we are all on a journey. I wish you luck and all the best for right research and your journey in building something that uh, people trust and invest with. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.